Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Asha. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I I sound if I sound bright eyed and bushy tailed, it is because I am that. Uh, we're sitting here the day after the inauguration. So it was a day of many mm-hmm. feelings. And um, mm-hmm. I had a terrible, I actually had a terrible night of sleep because James, the poodle puppy, woke up lonely and needed oh. somebody to lie next to him on the floor downstairs. So uh-huh. that was me. Yeah. <laughs> poodle whisper at 3 a.m. It was terrible. Um, um, but anyway, I'm here yeah. and I'm excited to hear your voice and I'm excited Same. to talk home optimization. Yes, let's let's talk about it because you know here we are. It it it's a new calendar year, and you know it's new beginnings for many of us. But the fact is, you know, we've been we've now been living our COVID constrained sort of pandemic lives long enough to learn a few new ways of doing things. So I thought I I actually thought it would be really interesting to revisit um, some ways that we've tweaked our home spaces to sort of better function given you know, the limits and the realities of what's going on for the pandemic, more people in the space, space being used differently and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you had this idea. Uh, the irony is actually for me personally is um, and I originally w- wasn't sure like what I would have to say. And then I realized I had some things to say. But the biggest irony is that currently the hardest part of the pandemic and what that has meant in our home is that I've largely lost my wonderful office in the sense that mm. now I need to be sort of downstairs all the time. Um, but, you know, the upside of this time is it has forced us to figure out how to maximize and optimize our space. So this was mm-hmm. a, this was really fun to think about, actually, and mm-hmm. for me to like wallow a little less in what I have lost and think about the good things we've gained in our house. Right, right, right. I mean, and I, it's it's interesting to, you know, have space to have to really think about, you know, what are we doing in this place? How do we do this? And, you know, it was, uh, it was sort of interesting as the new year actually rolled around, you know, like January 1st, right around that time. I, I got to say the whole new year, new you, new home, all that stuff, it just wasn't resonating with me at all at the beginning of the year, because in some ways it just didn't, I mean, it 
it was absolutely a new beginning, but I don't know that that's not where my brain was at that time. Mm. But now, um, somehow the idea of making some functional home adjustments really appeals to me. And so I, I don't know. I don't know. My brain just popped into that mode and I'm not talking decor as much as I'm thinking about practical problem solving, almost like, you know, sort of home arrangement hacks in some ways, just again, to realign with where we are right now in terms of how much we're staying home, who's, you know, needing to get on video conferencing when and all of that. Uh Now, I will just say this, that, you know, there is a huge overlap actually between decor and styling and practical problem solving, because that's really what great decor does, you know? Uh And um, I feel like that is a straight arrow with bright lights pointing to your conversation with Paige Lewin last summer, episode 205, uh-huh. about pandemic home decluttering and styling. And it turns out that was our most popular episode of 2020. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not I, crazy. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Yeah. So I just, I, I, that was so interesting to me. And it, it, you know, sh- first of all, she's brilliant and, has so many great practical ideas. The two of you together are, you know, just have such wonderful rapport. But it also just tells me that we're all, all of us, we're still trying to figure this stuff out. So I thought it, it would be a good topic to approach in sort of a different angle. Yeah, I think that's great because, you know, you can always kind of, I mean, life is all about, you know, reevaluation and moving targets and things and needs will mm-hmm. change as we sort of go through things. So, uh, yeah, and we're still pandemic ing. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So before we get to our show, actually, I had a little bit of housekeeping. I did not realize there was a joke in there, but there we are. Um, first, <laughs> I wanted to say a huge thank you to everybody who has responded to our listener survey. This info, oh my gosh, it's fun to read, but it's also really, really helpful to help us plan our content. So if you have not taken the survey and you want to share your thoughts with us, we would be delighted. We'll link it up in the notes, but it's bit.ly slash EYL2021. And then second, Asha, I was so delighted to see our first Apple podcast review of 2021 come in. Hmm. I'm going to share it. The reviewer wrote, during 2020, I found that I related to Christine and Asha even more than before. I love their honesty, friendship, and practical advice. They talk about real issues and offer real solutions. Love the show. That just made me really happy. I appreciate it so much. Mm, thank you so much. That, yeah. yeah, that that feels that feels amazing. That's like a little holiday gift or a little New Year gift. So anyway, I you know I I, I just want to say that we are grateful for that and that truly Apple Podcast reviews really help us. Um, they help other listeners find our show. So if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you would drop a quick review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not sure how to do that, we have. Ex- instructions at edityourlifeshow.com slash help. Okay, now, <laughs> are we ready to go, mm-hmm. Asha? Shall we jump yes, in? Yes, we are. Let's jump into our tips. Okay. So the first thing, this has kind of been the biggest thing that has happened around here, is we thankfully have a very not scary basement. <laughs> um, it's, you know, pretty pretty clean and it's not like airy or anything, but it's it's not scary. And the biggest reconfiguration that has happened during the pandemic, um, it's kind of been multi-part. Um, one is that we just found we we needed that extra space. Um, part of it involved reducing our shirt inventory for Brave New World Designs because we've been uh, moving and migrating to outsource our production, which has been 
kind of amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we didn't buy anything new, but that has let us, uh, gave us the ability to use that shelf storage space to increase our food storage st- supply, which was something we were working on anyway, um, and became very relevant during the pandemic. And then it turns out that the basement um, has also become a crucial spot, uh, mostly for Laurel, really, but for indoor exercise. Um, so like the kind that you need to jump around for. So <laughs> that would not be me. I do yoga, but she does a lot of like, you know, hit kind of workouts. And so um, we needed more space for that. And I cannot believe it, but John was very concerned about sort of the impact that all the jumping around has on your joints on a concrete floor. He built an exercise floor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just like okay. to take the yeah. pressure off. Yeah. Like a, like a wood frame with some padding and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. Interesting. So yeah. you have like enough height in your basement that you can do that. Yeah. There's Our two, basement you know, there's... is a little low. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's really like the basement is really now super functional because John's workshop mm-hmm. is down there, the exercise floor, uh, food storage, and then like laundry and stuff. But, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a huge footprint, but we are making the most of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, well, first, I should say I I grew up in California and nobody had basements. So basements oh, had yes. this sort of allure. When I moved to Oregon, when I moved to Portland, most houses here do have basements and uh I'm still sort of delighted by the fact that we have a basement. Mm -hmm. And when we first moved in, it was one of those scary basements. It no longer is. We've lived here for a long time and we've put in some work. But I will just say that we have done some similar things and we we literally do some similar things in our basement. So there's like an exercise space. Again, not huge, but, you know, I mean, not small, actually. Our basement's not not small, but there is some exercise space. There is additional food storage and stuff like that, too. And I think. I'm just glad you talked about this notion of indoor exercise because, you know, we just bought some of those, um, you know, like rubber pads, little Uh rubber tiles that you put together for padding. Uh That was what we did to make exercise a little bit easier. But I think what um, you mentioned about it being a small footprint, a lot of what we're talking about here, you know, and you and I are talking about basements, those who don't have basements or just don't have a lot of extra space in their house these things can be done in very small spaces, uh-huh. you know, so a very decent workout can be done in not a lot of space. So uh-huh. it, it, it's it's I am glad that number one, it doesn't take a lot of space. Number two, it doesn't take buying a lot of stuff either. So in our case. So um, so that's really interesting. All right. So like just reimagining the space that you have. Um, so, you know, my first tip actually goes along that direction too. And that was to create a sort of like a plan B desk space. So let me explain what I mean by that, because, you know, each of us in our house right now, we have our own desk and we're all doing our own things, whether that's work or school. And when I say all of us, that now includes my, um, my son, who's a college junior, he's home and doing some college work at home and my, you know, high school senior daughter. So at this point, when all of us are video conferencing, there are times now when there are conflicts in terms of sound or or people needing privacy or whatever. And one thing that we have done, um, specifically my husband and I, because we share an office, is we've put like a very tiny version of a desk in a separate place where somebody can go and say, hey, I need the office. I need it to be private. Can you go use the other desk? And this is literally like you don't even need to. I mean, if you just have some old furniture sitting around, it is just it's just a tiny little 
desk, a standing desk that we've put in our bedroom. And it's just a place to basically go and stand where you, you know, where you could do some work. And that has really just sort of opened up the possibilities for both of us in terms of when we're studying or when we're working. And it really makes it a lot easier. It can literally be in the corner of your bedroom, in the corner of a, you know, any quiet space where nobody else is for a period of time. It's not necessarily meant to be a workspace. Mm, but so yeah. that's been re- that's been really helpful just to have that place. That's genius because we have definitely had a few scrambles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yes. you know, it happens. It happens. So to have something, you know, just in, tucked away in a corner, like ready for usage is so smart. Yeah. And it does. I mean, you know, it doesn't look particularly great, you know, like, you know, what is visible behind my head, you know, it looks, it looks shabby or whatever, but that just doesn't matter. It's, you know, unlike, as you know, Christine, the kitchen table, you know, which I know you're doing some work at these days and I do too. Unlike the kitchen table, which is like in a thoroughfare of the house, this is tucked away. Mm -hmm. And so it really is possible to use for that space. Hmm. Very cool. All right. Well, we have more ideas to share and we will do that after a quick break. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, folks, we're back and we are talking about home adjustments for a longer-term pandemic living, which unfortunately we are still doing. And so one of the tips I have found really helpful, one of the little adjustments that we've done is to rearrange or add lighting to your house. I find that we are now using the rooms in our house differently. So Mm. sometimes places where we used to just sit, you know, and hang out are now places where people sit and work on their essays or whatever else. And so now that people are moving around and using the spaces differently, we need some we need some more lighting and we need it to be more versatile. 
So we have added just a couple here and there. We've added some really versatile desk lamps that the faces of them can be redirected for better face lighting so that people can video conference wherever they are. And these are, you know, they're not that expensive. Um, and in some cases, we just rearranged the lights that we had around. Um, in addition, we added some power strips to plugs um, rather than just having a, you know, a wall outlet. Mm -hmm. We just needed more places to plug things in and, and be lit. And that has made a huge difference in how we use our space. It's been really helpful. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, literally just last week, John came to me and was like, do you have another, do you have an extra power strip? Those are, mm -hmm. <laughs> go get yourself a couple of those. Mm -hmm. um, well, so you mentioned Plan B spaces, Asha, before the break. And um, after one of our little emergencies where we kind of needed somewhere else to, needed another space to work, we actually decided to optimize our garage a little bit. So I will say that when we, moved into our condo, a garage was not like top of mind at all. Like I had never had a functional garage in my life. Um, but you know, during cold Boston winters with tons of snow, it's very helpful. Uh, we've now given up actually putting a car in it because it's become this sort of weather protected outdoor, I'm using air quotes space. Um, and in one case it was an emergency office for a day. So um, it's not like I did, I actually originally had a version of like, Oh, maybe I'll hang you know, Christmas lights and make it really cozy. I've not done any of that. But what I did do was I swept it out, you know, one day and um, kind of threw away a lot of the crap that was just sitting around. We have a table in there with a desk lamp, um, you know, and, and a few chairs and blankets and things. And so it has functioned as an emergency office. Um, and just last weekend, actually, or we've had done this a couple times where with the garage open, so there's plenty of airflow. Um, you know, in inclement weather, we've been able to have a couple of like socially distanced gatherings in there. So that has been really helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, um, you know, those who are lucky enough to have a garage with a little bit of room in it, that has been one of the more interesting um, adjustments I've actually seen in my neighborhood too. And and we did the same. So when my son, um, we have a, a detached garage in our house for, with our house and we, it's funny, Christine, I also never grew up with a functional garage. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the garage I grew up with, it was just crammed full of junk and like a car mm -hmm. I don't think ever, ever went in the garage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and same, same for now, our detached garage really is more of a storage space. But, um, when my son came home from college, uh, you know, he, he, um, lived separately from us for two weeks for a, for a 14 day quarantine. And, during that quarantine, um, you know, when he would come over for dinner, we would open up our garage door. We actually didn't go in the garage because our garage is full of all sorts of stuff. There wasn't a lot of room for that. But we just we just sort of perched plastic lawn chairs right at the edge of where the door opened. So it just stayed dried enough mm -hmm. and there was enough space. Plus, we had a little sort of outdoor canopy that just kept us dry enough. It wasn't ideal, but it did work for an outdoor space to sit comfortably, you know. Well, comfortably, if like completely, you know, wrapped up in a blanket and also wearing your jacket and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it worked. It worked as a way as a way to sit. And I think that, you know, right now at this point, you know, we're not talking about like you said, we're not necessarily talking about twinkle lights in some, you know, decorated space. Any space that literally you can sit with somebody else safely that's ventilated and distant 
helps us actually stay connected to each other. And mm-hmm. that is really important. So yeah, garages my, are my garage, my garage is not Pinterest worthy. It's just, it's mm-hmm. functional. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Functional is good. And, yeah. you know, we're not going to be living these lives forever, you know? And so, but at the same time we need each other. And so mm-hmm. anything we can do mm-hmm. that isn't ideal, but works is perfect right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my next tip is it's not about the space exactly. It's about how uh, we maintain the space. And that is you're going to love this one, Christine, (laughs) how uh, to really assess and redistribute home chores to better share the load. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. because so in my case, I now have a 21 year old who is living with us unexpectedly. Um, You know, my son's home from college. He's been living on his own for a long time and he could do. First of all, he could do a lot more stuff. Second of all, uh, you know, it's it's more work for all of us in the house. And so this is not just an issue about how to use space. It's also an issue of how to manage our relationships inside the space. And personally, it has been a really good conversation to approach um, with him, but also my daughter and say, "Okay, you know, here we are. We're four basically adults living in this house. Um, Let's talk about the workload. And it's a completely different honestly, it was a different conversation for us than the conversations I had with them when they were little kids. Sure. Yeah. And that was actually, it was actually very edifying. I mean, it wasn't, you know, don't get me wrong. It was not some effortless conversation where, you know, again, everyone cheerfully was just like, sure, mom, let's pitch in. I mean, it wasn't like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, there was some eye rolling and all of that, but it was a very reasonable conversation and very connected to their own independence and their feeling, you know, their feelings of constraints. So just a reminder, you know, if you have older kids back at home or, you know, it doesn't matter what age your kids are, have the conversation with your whole family, including your partner, including whoever, you know, is living with you about how to balance the workload because there's more work than there used to be before. Oh, there is. Yes, (laughs) there really is. Uh, And we have, I mean, we would be remiss if we did not mention that we have a printable PDF of chores you can teach kids in five minutes or less. We will link Mm -hmm. that up. It's Mm -hmm. so good. (laughs) It is so Um, good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so my, um, it's, I don't even know how to categorize it. I just wanted to put in a plug for, um, you know, sometimes you just need to embrace an imperfect space to do what you need to do. So I wanted to recommend people just, um, you know, shift their perspective a little bit. You know, some of what we've talked about has been like involved reorganization and whatever, which is, you know, great. And I should, I should remind that we're not talking about making everything beautiful and perfect, just functional. So I wanted to say that one of the most crucial things that has helped me survive um, the pandemic is my yoga, which I've talked about. I mean, it's like anything from 10 minutes to 30 minutes, usually during the weekdays, it's not long today, this morning, I did a 16 minute practice and really the only space that I can do that is amidst the piles of laundry in, on my bedroom floor. We have a kind of weirdly, like weirdly shaped bedroom and there's kind of this dead space that it's it's very odd. It's hard to describe. But anyway, um, so this particular part of the bedroom usually becomes a laundry dumping zone. <laughs> um, in an ideal world, all the laundry we would get distributed to where it needs to go and get put away. But now that we're all home, I don't know, there's a lot more laundry being happening. So anyway, my messy laundry filled little space of bedroom floor 
where I do my yoga is so valuable to me and it's completely imperfect and messy, but I just go with it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I I'm really glad we're, we're talking about this. Do we, I need a moment because I got a tangent to discuss. I've do got it. a, my dad, <laughs> I've got a, my dad story to tell number one. And also, um, I want to just say that the, the little tiny space right next to my bed, we have a very small bedroom. That is where I, that's actually my favorite place to sort of stretch right before I get into bed. It Mm -hmm. is, you know, I don't even have room to extend my arms. It's not a big space at all, but it, it, there's something very restful about it. So, um, I'm very glad you mentioned that. I just want to tell a quick story about my dad who, you know, I've told many stories about my dad before my dad exercised every day of his life and my entire childhood, my dad, one of my dad's preferred exercise spaces was the laundry room in the house that I grew up with. Now, the house that I grew up with was like an old 60s ranch house in California. It was sort of falling apart. Um, the laundry room was a mess. OK, so the laundry room was mostly crammed full with boxes and all sorts of other things. My dad was a bit of a clutter person. There was no space anywhere. My dad spent Uh, You know, all the years that I was growing up, basically doing uh, small exercises like standing next to the water heater. Mm -hmm. He had no room at all. And uh, that was just what he did. You know, his exercise happened wherever he was. And, um, you know, he over the years would have these funny conversations with me. You know, he would always eye roll whenever people would talk about going to the gym because he's just like, why do you need to go to the gym? Why does anyone need to go to a gym? You know, that was that was his approach. I mean, I don't agree with him, but that was definitely his approach. And I think it just reminds me when I think about that, when I think about just watching my dad in this cluttered laundry room and, you know, lifting up things that were not traditional weights. You know, he was lifting Uh up bricks and various other things, never wearing exercise clothes. That was another thing he eye rolled at. He's like, that's what pajamas are for, is what my dad would say. You know, it's just everything that we are talking about here really is about using what you have and just thinking about what you need in that space. None mm-hmm. of it needs to be big, ideal, or new. Um, it just needs to, you know, fit what it is you need at the moment. So mm-hmm. that's it. Just had to share my dad's story. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have uh, some more tips that we're going to talk about, and we'll do that after a quick break. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. 
The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, folks, we're back. Um, Okay, so my last tip of this episode is for those of us who are, you know, making lots of phone calls and doing a lot of video conferencing, and that is to remember to use your car as a private video conferencing booth. (laughs) Now, I know that I know that a lot of people, you know, probably a lot of people already do this because I remember that when my kids were babies, I remember my car just seemed like this, like wonderful sensory deprivation tank. (laughs) I would go in there, you know, for... (laughs) But at this point, you know, in this context, I, I just have two words um, that really typify the situation, and that is Zoom therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some of us are um, have Zoom therapy, you know, once a week, and it's really nice to have a 100% private place to take certain calls, to feel like you can say what you need to say, and, you know, you can just do it. So just don't forget about your car. It's handy. Oh my gosh. So that's so funny because you are literally talking about therapy and taking mm-hmm. your therapy appointment in the car, which I know is mm-hmm. very common. I, when you said Zoom therapy, I thought using Zoom with friends as therapy. And the reason oh, no, I, probably- I am, I'm talking literal therapy, <laughs> like therapeutic professional on the other end of the line. Well, the re- that yes, which is absolutely <laughs> fabulous. And I will recommend the other approach that I interpreted because, um, just this la- just last week, someone on this uh, podcast might re- remember that I had a complete claustrophobic freakout and called for some friend therapy. We weren't on Zoom, but we were on the phone, and I sat in my car in the pitch black, and it was amazing. And I talked Aww. to a good friend. Uh, so yes, thanks. I Sasha. remember. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now that we've got that cleared up. Okay. Okay. So my last tip of the episode, you know, I was almost a little hesitant because it might feel a little luxurious, but it doesn't have to be luxurious, but it has been so crucial that it, it needs to be mentioned. So, um, kind of in the fall, uh, I decided John and I were discussing something and about sort of home optimization. And we were kind of anticipating the cold Boston winter with some dread because, uh, among the other, you know, other sort of bits of collateral damage with the pandemic is that we aren't skiing this season really because um our lives and the way you know my kids are in hybrid school which doesn't allow us to do the proper quarantine window for vermont and all that stuff so we're here more than we normally would be in a cold winter um so as we were brainstorming ways to extend our outdoor time i was like let's get a fire pit and i should say we don't have a huge we have a teeny patio in the back it's not a lot of space um you know there are I decided to kind of, I wanted to invest in a nice one so that we didn't have the thing where you buy like the cheapo fire pit and it rusts out in one season and then you got to throw it in a landfill and then get another Mm -hmm. one. So we did invest in one of the nice stainless steel ones. And 
it has been a huge quality of life sanity saver. Mm-hmm. Um, it has extended our outdoor time tremendously, even if we just do one fire a week. But I would otherwise, we've been able to like have a socially distanced, you know, meet up with, a, you know, another couple outside. And I would normally never spend three to four hours outside in the freezing cold. But with a fire, I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you are able, um, you know, if you have the space to sort of build your own with stones, or I, I don't know how people do this. I'm sure you can look it up online. But um, I, I would recommend it if you have space to do it and it's cold where you live because that has been huge for us. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have friends who have one and uh, we sat around with them you know, in a distant way, not too long ago. And it was absolutely lovely. I mean, it really, it really did make a difference. You know, the other option is to just get, uh, you know, we got a very inexpensive electric patio heater. Um, I know they were a little hard to come by, but that is another possibility. And I'll tell you a third possibility. Now, I don't know where she got these things. A friend of mine actually got electric, almost like outdoor electric blankets. I mean, they were like, you plug in a blanket and you put it on your lap and it had like heat in the blanket. Let me tell you, sitting under one of those things was like a next level experience. Okay. I think I now, need one of those. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I just use whatever ratty blankets we have in our house and I bring them outside. Mm-hmm. And um, that that makes a difference. Layers are good. And so anything that, you know, anything that can increase your warmth, but a fire, sure. There is something... Um, I don't know. There's something really primal about gathering around the fire and something just sort of hopeful. It makes you feel connected. It makes you feel connected to the seasons. I, yeah, I, it is very special. It It is. And it, it feels like you actually want to be sitting there. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. something about versus feeling like you're forced to sit there, you know, with the mm-hmm. pandemic situation. So it is, mm-hmm. it is nice. And of course, s'mores so you know that (laughs) among my uh food storage is an and you know a an ample supply of marshmallows and graham crackers and chocolate bars so so you got to be prepared you got to be prepared oh that's nice i'm never prepared my kids always ask whenever there's a fire around it's like s'mores it's like okay s'mores is a camping thing okay but you know nobody agrees with me i know all right well (laughs) anyway um we need to wrap this episode asha so i would love to hear what your next edit is all right. So let's see, my next edit actually in some ways is to go all the way to the beginning. And that is to really identify one problem in your day-to-day life that could be addressed by switching things up at home. So sort of this is the first step, I think, to even deciding what kind of a adjustment or tweak you want to make at home. Ask yourself, what needs to run a little more smoothly? Like where is the friction in our house right now? And what are a few ways that we can address it. There might be some solutions that you just haven't come up with because you're thinking about your house in a certain way. And it, I think it helps to really focus on what identifying that problem so that you can come up with some solutions. Mm-hmm, All for right. Sure. Yeah. What about you? Well, mine is going to be in a completely different direction. We didn't talk about this at all. And it is to acquire a hard to kill plant. <laughs> I have been talking with people so much about plant therapy. It is real. And I want to also share, though, that though we know lots of like serious planters, like plant people, um, I am not great at plant maintenance. So that is why I recommend a hard to kill plant like a pothos plant. Um, I am Mm. working on one of my projects. I think I've mentioned it on the show, but 
one of the things that I have been working on very, very slowly since the beginning of the pandemic is filling a wall of shelves entirely with plant babies rooted from like plants rooted from Mm. other plants. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all two types of pothos variations. So there is, it looks, you know, some of the plants look a little different, but it's just the coloring on the leaves and it's just very joyful. So I need more houseplants. I'm like so into gardening and I'm not into houseplants, but that that's so anyway. Okay. We will discuss houseplants at some point. I think Mm -hmm. that's a great tip. All right. Okay. So just put a pin in it to discuss plants at some point. All right. Cool. All right, friends. Uh, We hope you found this episode helpful. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And this week, we'd like to know, what's your favorite space in your home right now? Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page, or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. We'd also be super grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.